This is the short story, Puss in Boots, narrated by Kenneth De Silva. There was once a miller who had three sons, and when he died, his estate was divided among them. The older sons fared very well. The eldest got the mill. The middle son got a donkey, but the youngest received nothing but a cat and he often complained bitterly of his luck. My brothers may get their living easily enough, he said, but as for me, I may soon die of hunger and want. The cat, who had heard this, came out of the cupboard where he had been listening. Do not worry, my good master, he said. You have only to give me a bag and have a pair of boots made for me and you shall see that your portion is not as bad as you imagine it to be. The cat's master obtained both bag and boots, and watched as the cat pulled on the boots and threw the bag over his shoulder. Then Puss in Boots sallied forth. He went to a warren, which is a collection of rabbit holes or burrows, in which there were a great number of rabbits. He put some lettuce and leafy vegetables in the bag and then waited for some innocent rabbit to feast. Soon, two young rabbits, who were very curious about this bag, lying in the middle of nowhere and filled with delicious food, jumped right into it, and Puss in Boots drew the strings and caught them. Puss in Boots was very proud of his prey and hurried with it to the palace and asked to speak with the king. Bowing low, the cat said, Sire, I have brought for you rabbits from the warren of my noble lord, the Marcus of Carabas, which is a title that the cat created for his master. The Marcus of Carabas commanded me to present this gift to your majesty, with his compliments. The king was very pleased and said, Tell your lord, Marcus of Carabas, that I accept his present with pleasure. Then Puss in Boots went and hid himself in a grain field. He again held his bag open, and when a brace of partridges ran into it, he drew the strings and caught them both. He presented these to the king, as he had done before with the rabbit. Just like before, the king received the partridges with great pleasure and gave him a tip. In this manner, the cat continued to carry presents of game to the king, at least once a week, for two or three months. Then one day, Puss in Boots said to his master, If you will only follow my advice, your fortune is made. Go to the river and bathe just where I show you. The Marcus of Carabas did exactly as the cat advised, and while he was bathing, the king passed by, riding in his coach with his daughter, the loveliest princess in the world. Then Puss in Boots began to cry out, Help! Help! My lord, the Marcus of Carabas, is going to drown! At this noise, the king put his head out of the coach window, and finding it was the cat, 
who had so often brought him such good game, he commanded his guards to run immediately to the assistance of his lordship, the Marcus of Carabas. While they were drawing the poor Marcus out of the river, the cat came up to the coach and told the king that while his master was bathing, some rogues had come by and stolen his clothes, even though he had cried out, Thieves! Thieves! several times as loud as he could. In reality, the cunning cat had hidden the clothes under a large stone. The king immediately commanded the officers of his wardrobe to run and fetch one of his best suits for the Lord Marcus of Carabas. The king received him very courteously, and, because the king's fine clothes gave him a striking appearance, for he was very handsome and well-proportioned, the king's daughter took a secret inclination to him, which is a fancy way to say she had a crush. The Marcus of Carabas had only to cast two or three respectful and somewhat tender glances at her, but she fell head over heels in love with him. The king asked him to enter the coach and join them on their drive. The cat, quite overjoyed to see how his project was succeeding, ran on ahead. Meeting some countrymen who were mowing a meadow, he said to them, My good fellows, if you do not tell the king that the meadow that you are mowing belongs to my lord, Marcus of Carabas, you shall be chopped up like mincemeat. Soon the king passed by, and he did not fail to ask the mowers whose meadow it was that they were mowing. It, it, it belongs to my lord Marcus of Carabas, they answered together, for the cat's threats had frightened them. You see, sir, said the Marcus, this is a meadow which never fails to yield a plentiful harvest every year. The cat, still running ahead, met with some reapers and said to them, My good fellows, if you do not tell the king that all this grain belongs to the Marcus of Carabas, you shall be chopped up like mincemeat. The king, who passed by a moment later, asked them whose grain it was that they were reaping. It belongs to my lord, Marcus of Carabas, replied the reapers, which pleased both the king and the Marcus. The king congratulated him for his fine harvest. The clever cat continued to run ahead and said the same words to all he met. The king was astonished at the vast estates of the Lord Marcus of Carabas. Puss in Boots came at last to a stately castle, the lord of which was an ogre, the richest that had ever been known. All the lands which the king had just passed by belonged to this castle. The cat, who had taken great care to inform himself who this ogre was and what he could do, asked to speak with him, saying, he could not pass so near his castle without having the honour of paying his respects to him. The ogre received him, as civilly as an ogre could, and invited him to sit down. I have heard, said the cat, that you are able to change yourself into any kind of creature that you want. You can, for example, transform yourself into a lion, an elephant, or the like. Ha-ha, that is true, answered the ogre very briskly, 
and to convince you, I shall now become a lion. Within a moment, a lion was in the room, and the ogre disappeared. The cat was so terrified at the sight of a lion so near him that he leaped onto the roof, which caused him even more difficulty because his boots were of no use to him at all in walking on the tiles. However, the ogre resumed his natural form and the cat came down, saying that he had been very frightened indeed. I have further been told, said the cat, that you can also transform yourself into the smallest of animals, for example, a rat or a mouse. But I can scarcely believe that. A huge person like you can't be as small as a rat. I must admit to you that I think that that would be quite impossible. Impossible? Ha! cried the yoga. You shall see. He immediately changed himself into a mouse and began to run about the floor. As soon as the cat saw this, he fell upon him and ate him up. Ouch. Meanwhile, the king, who saw this fine castle of the ogres as he passed, decided to go inside. The cat, who heard the noise of his majesty's coach running over the drawbridge, ran out and said to the king, your majesty is welcome to this castle of my lord, Marcus of Carabas. What? My lord Marcus? cried the king. And does this castle also belong to you? There can be nothing finer than this court and all the stately buildings which surround it. Let us go inside, if you don't mind. The Marcus gave his hand to the princess and followed the king, who went first. They passed into a spacious hall where they found a magnificent feast which the ogre had prepared for his friends who were coming to visit him that very day but dared not enter knowing that the king was there. His majesty was perfectly charmed with the good qualities of the lord Marcus of Carabas as was his daughter who had fallen violently in love with him and seeing the vast estate he possessed said to him after having drunk five or six glasses. It will be your own fault, my lord Marcus, if you do not become my son-in-law. The Marcus, making several low bows, accepted the honour which his majesty conferred upon him, and forthwith, that very same day, married the princess. The cat became a great lord, and never again ran after mice, except for entertainment. This has been the story, Puss in Boots.